Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. Welcome to episode 105 of Beyond the Rut, the weekly podcast about inspiring and equipping you to make your own path and live the life you've always dreamed of. In this episode, Brandon and I are going to have a conversation with Matt Sandrini, Time Zillionaire. He's going to share with us three practical tips that you could do to free up time to go after your side hustle. He's also going to share with us his own story, how he felt himself in a rut and made a change for the better and even made a shift into what he does today, coaching others to free up time to make the most out of their time to help you own your 24 hours. So with that said, here we go. All right. Hey, Brandon, welcome back to your own show, Beyond the Rut. How have you been? I was asleep. You woke me up for this. Yes, I did. Yeah, because it's Saturday morning. But, yeah. you know, it's like 1030 in the morning. You that's, should be like, up already. Truth be told, I've been up for about four hours already. You know, like so. a triathlon to prepare for and stuff. So. Exactly. Yeah, you run. You do that thing called running. <laughs> yeah. Um, people ask me how the Thunder Dash went. Oh, that was so much fun. And they were like, hey, how was that thing? Did you run it? I was like, nope, I walked it. <laughs> and then you showed me the picture of me walking it. I'm like, they got a picture of me walking it. This is awesome. And of course, I shared the one the one time when I was running downhill. That's oh, the yeah. picture I shared with everybody on <laughs> Facebook. So um, anyway, we aren't here to chat about Thunderdash as much as we are to talk with time zillionaire Matt Sandrini, who's calling us from Manchester, UK. Matt, how are you doing? Hi, guys. Yeah, I'm really well. Thank you. Uh, it's great to be here with you, and uh, it's actually 4 p.m. here in the UK, so I've had a, a, a little longer to get ready for the interview. <laughs> yeah, he's had all day. <laughs> the funny thing about it is, and, and the people that know us know we normally record on Thursday night. When we connected with Matt, he said, hey, you know, if we do 7 or 8 o'clock on Thursday night, that's like 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning here. Uh, can we do something else? So so we once we did the math and said, that makes a lot of sense, so we're, we're on Saturday morning, and uh, to make sure we're not talking to you in the middle of the night and you kind of fall asleep on us or anything like that. So appreciate you uh, joining us on a Saturday and it's always good. My to be pleasure. Here. Yeah. So you're not only the time zillionaire, you are literally talking to us from six hours in the future. That's true. That's true. I always say that, that when I, whenever I fly um, to, to a different time zone, I always say I'm traveling through space and time, which yes. in a way you could argue is true. Yeah, I love true. time zone jokes, man. I, <laughs> I can nerd out all day on time zone jokes. <laughs> oh, Now, a um, couple of things just to kind of warm our audience up to you because they're hearing you for the first time. Time Zillionaire, how did that name come about? And uh, when I started, I so I started my blog. I wanted to share a few tips on time management, time strategy, how to be more effective in the way, you know, you really you invest your time. Um, and I really, I wanted to show that benefit, but equally, I didn't want to be, you know, I wanted to keep it quite light. And so I thought, okay, how can I name the blog? And I I made a, some uh, quick maths, and uh, I found out that when we're born, uh, we can all expect around sixty million minutes in our lifespan. And so in a way that made me think, well, we're all born millionaires. If we, if we, if we, if we talk about time, we're all born uh, millionaires, but it's, it's the way we use those minutes is the way we use that time that really, you know, changes whether what we do and whether we actually enjoy what we do. And so I really like that, but then equally time millionaire didn't sound that good. And I thought time zillionaire actually makes you think about 
you know, doing more with her time. And that's how it came about. Cool. So it's like infamous, which is more than famous. <laughs> Sorry, three amigos <laughs> reference like, there. It's like Kardashian famous or something. Yeah. No. no, wait, you actually do stuff. That's different than Kardashian. Oh famous. man. Yeah. There, there goes our first hate mail right there yeah. from Kim herself. We'll, we'll never get Kim on the show. I'm okay with that. So what, what's cool about uh, Kanye. your blog and, and time management. And we were talking a little bit about this before is, Everybody faces the same challenge. You may have better uh, skills or gifts, or maybe your parents were this or that, or you grew up in a certain place, but we all have an equal amount of time on our hands. In a 24-hour period, you can you can waste it all in front of Netflix, or you can stare at the ceiling, or you can build something. And So what made you a couple of years ago decide that either maybe you weren't managing your time right, or people you knew weren't doing that, and kind of gave you the idea to do this? The first step that that got me closer to starting the blog was actually about four or five years ago when I moved from uh, um, my corporate job. I moved on to my my first business, um, and that was really it was a big change. But also that change came from uh, being in an environment where the value I was bringing, I was creating um, during my time in the office wasn't really valued so much as the actual time I was spending in the office. And so there was a, this really strange, um, this really strange th- thing that if I was uh, more productive, I would actually be punished, be more productive because I, I would have to stay the same amount of time in the office. And, um, and that was really strange, but in a way I, I didn't relent and it just, uh, it made me more productive, but at the same time, it really made me question some of my choices in terms of, uh, you know, do I want to exchange my time for money or do I want to do something else and create value with my time and then exchange that value for money? And uh, I I did that once I moved on to my my first business and that was a, it was a great experience. And um, and then in general, I've always been quite um, quite good at looking at the at the big picture. And so when I when I wanted to start the blog, I actually I created well, I was a bit scared of writing online. And so uh, to get over that that fear, what I did is I made it very small, I made I made sure that the first step would be very small. So um, I asked a few friends if they would enjoy to get an email from me every week. And a few of them said yes. So I, I I had an email list of about 16, 17 people. And then I asked them, what would you enjoy reading, um, reading about from me? And they all said, well, you know, you're really good with, uh, with time management. You're really good about, uh, with, uh, with setting goals and, and getting to those goals. So if you can write more about that, we'll be interested and we would really enjoy it. And so I started doing that. And then I, I moved from my blog. I moved on to Quora, Medium, and I started getting more, uh, more traffic from, uh, from Google. And that's how, how Times Internet was, uh, was born. And then with more readers and uh, more clients, I actually, I was able to see more situation, um, in which I could improve, um, how to be effective with time and time strategies. And so, you know, I keep getting better and, uh, I, I really like to challenge my current level and always trying to get to the next level. I really like to learn. And so, you know, I, that's another reason why I chose time millionaire and not the time millionaire, because I didn't want it to be self-centered. I didn't want to give the, the impression that I know everything there is to know about time management. You know, I'm still learning and I want to get, get better every day. And that's really important to me. I love that because you are probably speaking something most of our listeners are very familiar with. It's like, well, how did you know you would be here? And and what I'm hearing in your story, it's like I didn't. I, I picked, you know, 15, 20 friends and said, hey, can I send you an email? Give me some honest feedback. And if it's horrible, I'll shut up and I'll leave you alone. But if you like it, maybe we'll grow into it. But you've got to take that first step before you ever know. 
another thing I'm hearing in your story is that generosity. It's like I want to share because that always comes back to me. The more I pour into other people and learn, the more I will eventually make a, in a living as far as income, but then the more value I'll bring to the world. And so I'm making a positive impact in that sense. Yeah, those are great points. And uh, with the second part, what's incredible is that the more I share, the more I actually get to learn from my readers and my coaching clients. And so, you know, in a way it's a hack because I learn from them by sharing what I've learned. And so then I have more to share. And uh, it's a it's it's a great, you know, I call it a hack, but it's a yeah, it's a privileged place to be in. Yeah. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use Capshow to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content, like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into Capshow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. Capshow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. That's great. And we talk a lot about, you know, our show is beyond the rut because we have so many of those stories of people in the corporate world that are making a, a good, safe, secure living, but they realize the yeah. value maybe is, is not there for them personally. You know, I might make plenty of money in, in the medical and all that kind of stuff, but I'm not valued in what I can actually produce. I'm being used to do this one thing and staying in that rut, being forced into it, or maybe personally putting myself into it and breaking out of that to go start something new. And, and we, we like to kind of the, I don't know, the phrase of the day or the one that's kind of been current is that side hustle. And so how much of that did you do before you left the corporate gig to just kind of test the waters and see if you could survive out there? Yeah. So actually I, I had a, a side hustle, but actually I was working on, on my business for a, a few months. I would say around five or six months um, before I, I left. And I've got to say, actually, at the time, I left a little bit too early when it comes to, you know, my side hustle being able to to replace my full time job. It was a good decision because uh, I really wanted to leave and I really wanted to quit that, that job. But at the same time, it's not something I would recommend. And it's not something I recommend my um, I would recommend my past self to, to, to do either because it's a very stressful way of doing it. But, you know, like you were mentioning uh, sometimes it's very, it feels very diff, it feels very difficult to actually create change because you say, well, I want to create a business or a side hustle that, that covers my success in my job or, or the corporate world. Or, you know, even in, in, or another example could be losing weight. You know, maybe you want to lose, I don't know, whether it's uh, 20 pounds or, or 10 kilos. Um, you know, it feels like a big, big change. And so, what I actually did when I started the blog was to say, well, instead of starting a blog, which I don't really know what it means, how to quantify it, or maybe I could have, uh, I could have said, well, I want to blog with uh, X readers. I just said, let's start with a very small step. Let's have, you know, less than 20 readers and just uh, start writing every week. And that really helped. And then I ramped up and it was, uh, it was time for, you know, the next step and then the next step again. And so something that I really recommend when it comes to change and when it comes to when you want to make something happen is uh, don't just look at the final goal. Because that sometimes is very scary. It's like, I'm here. How do I get there? It's like climbing a mountain. Without thinking about the next step, you just think about the summit. And it is very scary. 
But if you break it down and say, okay, what do I need to do next? What's the next step? And then the step and the step again and and again. And then that way it comes, it comes a lot more easy. It comes a lot more easily. And, um, it's a lot fear goes just because it's easier to take action. And that way you have to think less, take action. You start to see some results and you, you create that, that momentum that actually helps you keep going and get to that summit at the end. Going back, um, you'd mentioned that you, you know, looking back when you did yeah. change your side hustle to a full-time hustle that you may have left a little bit too early. So being the time zillionaire and again, just time zone jokes and all that. If you could go back and do that transition over again, uh, what would be some of the lessons you learned in this transition that you would apply the second time around? Or okay. I, I think that um, something that stopped me or, or delayed me actually in being able to, to, to transition to my side hustle was uh, this concept of uh, being busy rather than making things happen. So because it is scary, you know, to start a business, it, like I was saying, it's scary to create any kind of change. And so sometimes it's very easy to say, I'll keep myself busy. I will do something that actually doesn't create any difference or maybe very little difference, but it allows me to feel good and to feel like I'm putting in the effort, but I'm not getting any closer to having to deal with that fear. And I feel that I was doing that quite a bit. I was uh, being busy and putting in the time uh, without actually being effective with that with that time. And um, so if I would, um, if, if I could go back and have a chat with, uh, um, my younger, my younger self, I would say, you know, really make sure that you're planning out and, um, you look at what works and what doesn't, you know, you can set a few metrics and see whether, uh, what you're working on is actually making a difference or not. And then, um, you know, you double down on that and, uh, you get rid of everything else. Make sure that you work on what makes a difference rather than just work on something. I like that. I think that's probably single-handedly what killed my real estate career when I was a real estate agent mm-hmm. was towards the end, I was doing all the busy work, the, the things that were kind of easy to do, to knock out, to say, yeah, I'm working. Look, look, honey, I'm working. But then looking back, it's like I wasn't doing any of the revenue producing activities that right, brought yeah. in new clients that led to sales and actually closed the sales. It was more mm-hmm. like, I'm going to reorganize my client files. <laughs> I'm going to reorganize that's my exact, database. That's a great example. Yeah. Yeah. Another time, because I was coming from the corporate world, and like I said, I was being punished from for being effective because what mattered was uh, that you know showing up and staying there for a um, uh, for a defined amount of time every day. Then it was very difficult for me to unlearn that and actually learn that it doesn't really matter how much time you put in, but what matters is the output. So the input is not that important. What matters is the output. So I totally understand why I did that at the time, and uh, it took me some time again to. Unlearn learn that and then learn a better practice uh but if i could go back it would be a great hack <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i say that all the time i work with a, a bunch of software developers so they're they're a different breed of people but uh, and we don't have a dress code you just kind of wear whatever you want to wear but that wearing a suit and being there from eight to five is is only effective for a certain amount of people not everybody works that way you might put in 20 hours a week and be more productive than somebody putting in 60. It, it's what you're passionate about. And it's measuring that, not just, well, you didn't get your whole 40 hours this week. So you got to stay five more hours or, or whatever it is. 
versus somebody who maybe put in 70 hours and is getting paid for that, but they didn't really accomplish anything. And that's that corporate mentality you have to fight against. I know we were talking uh, before we started recording as we were just kind of getting to know each other about uh, everybody has the same amount of time. And I, I should probably look this up because I know he said it better than I'm going to say it. But Richard Branson, who's, you know, a billionaire and he, he, done a lot of really big stuff. He always said anybody He's from could, England. You've met him, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're friends with him. <laughs> with neighbors. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> he he always said, you know, anybody can be who I am and do what I do. We all have the same amount of time. I just use mine differently. And one aspect of that is maybe paying somebody to do something that you don't bring a lot of value to. Like I had mentioned, you know, somebody mowing the yard or cleaning the house or doing those kind of things versus maybe you only focusing on the things that you bring the most value to. So talk yeah. a little bit about some of those strategies that you've put into place to only focus on the things that you're really good at or, or helping people do that. Well, I guess a, a great example is uh, writing. So I write a lot. Actually, I enjoy writing uh, blog posts, um, but sometimes I just have to fit that into my my schedule and so a way a great way to do that is uh you know i don't have to do the actual writing what matters is that i communicate my strategies and my thoughts through a blog post so what i do is i um, sometimes i record myself and i talk a few bullet points and then i send that to someone else who actually you know crafts the the blog post and then i go through it at the end and this is something i recommend to a few of my clients as well because we often you know we we assume that we need to be the writer. We need to create um, what we actually, um, you know, everything uh, that we that, that we do. But um, that doesn't really matter. Like we were saying earlier, what matters is the output. And so, as long as I'm happy with that output and it reflects what I want to share, then it doesn't really matter whether it started as an audio recording or actually wrote it as a blog post. And so, you know, that's a great hack. But equally, uh, it's a great example of something you can uh, the way of thinking how you can think about. So, um, things that you can outsource and, and, and give to someone else. And, you know, your examples are um, really good as well. And I know, you know, one of my clients was spending um, a lot of time on his Saturdays. He was, uh, he was ironing. And I said, but do you enjoy ironing? And he said, no, I hate it. And I said, well, why do you spend two hours every Saturday just ironing? Why can't you, you know, just uh, send your clothes somewhere else or bring them uh, somewhere else? And then uh, they'll be ironed for you. And, and, this was like a light bulb moment because sometimes we just, um, you know, we keep doing what we do and, you know, I'm not immune to that, but, you know, I've learned to, to challenge myself and challenge my, my assumption and my, my autopilot in a way. And, uh, and I guess that this is, um, a secret in a way on how to be more effective. And then another thing is look back and look at, uh, the results that your actions brought. So for example, when it comes to to blogging or or a business, a great way is to look at metrics. So if you want to get more uh, readers or more clients or, you know, whatever your, your business is, you should look at which ones of your activities are actually bringing you closer to your final objective. Because, uh, you know, some of them might be 10 times more effective than the second best one, right? But we spread ourselves thin over so many tactics and so many strategies, we actually don't double down on what actually works. And we don't, we might not even know because we don't look back and look at those metrics. But if you do know that there is a particular channel that brings you three times more clients than, than, than any other channel, then maybe it's worth you focusing on that one and dropping everything else right. just because that will give you more results per time. And again, we, we go back to that. The output is what matters rather than the input. 
Right. That, that's such a great point. Sometimes, especially those of us who are trying to be entrepreneurs or starting a business or starting a blog, we think, well, I've got to be on- doing better at their corporate job if right. that's where they want to stay. But they, they think sometimes they have to be on, you know, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook. They've got to be on all of these channels. And you really don't need something on all of those platforms. Like you said, you find the one that's the most kind of beneficial to you and do that. And somebody said one time, and I don't remember who this was, so I'll say I came up with it, but uh, you, <laughs> you, about right. you should only do what nobody else can do. You know, if, if mm. anybody else, especially in a company, in the, in the setting of starting your own business or just being part of a corporate world, only do what you're really good at. Let anybody else do the rest of the stuff. And as we kind of raise ourselves up in our, our business as leaders, that's really important to just let the things go that uh, – somebody else can do. But I, I share this with people, you know, in, in my company and with, with our president, it's like, you should only do what you can do. I know that you can, you know, sweep the parking lot because there's some trash that blew in, or you can arrange the chairs in the conference room, but anybody can do that. I need you to focus on what only you can do and let everybody else do everything else. I love that about blog posting because sometimes I'll write a really good blog post, but I'll spend another 20 minutes or more formatting it and making sure certain words are bolded and, and all of that, which anybody else could do and would help me produce more if I didn't waste my time doing that kind of stuff. The great principle I, I follow is uh, being able to say no. And I feel that sometimes saying no is so difficult, whether it's a client or a, or a colleague or a friend. We always feel that, you know, we have to please the other person and just say yes by default. But actually, what's important to realize is that every time you say yes, you're actually saying many no's. Because right. that time that you are assigned to a task, uh, a friend, I don't know, maybe even a bad date, it's actually, you know, that time you can't reassign it to anything else. Mm -hmm. So by saying yes, you're actually saying no to everything else. So yes is actually a, um, again, you're saying no to many, many times. So right. saying no shouldn't feel that bad. It's just a, a way to be focused on what really makes a difference in your life and in the lives of people around you and the lives that you want to impact. And, you know, when you have when you're in a, in a corporate job or, or maybe you have clients say no is actually it's better for for other people, because like you said, it really it allows you to give the best of what you can do and never say yes unless someone asks you twice. Right. <laughs> So the first time when someone says, you know, yeah, can you do this? Just, uh, you know, either ignore it or say no. And then if they really are passionate about that, they will ask you again. And then at that point, you can think about it. Because very often, especially right now, whether it's uh, with friends or, or with colleagues, again, it's so easy to send a message. You know, it's just a... Uh, you send a, a quick Slack message or an email and it just takes 30 seconds. So the process is I'm thinking, I'm sending a message, I, I forget about it. Right. And so very often we say yes to things that don't make a difference and the, the other person will, will forget about. So just by waiting or saying no, we actually sieve through what really matters for us, but also for them. And it's an actual honest answer when you say no sometimes. True. Usually, like you said, yes is, is not, you're not being honest. I preach this constantly to my staff and to other people. It's like sometimes the best answer is no. It is almost always a better answer than yes. And the example I always use is like, you know, can you help me move this weekend? And almost everybody, especially if they're on my staff or something, will look at me and go, well, yes. And I go, no, you don't want to help me move. <laughs> and be honest. You do not. I don't want to help me move. So the answer is no. it's like, here's 20 bucks, go hire a, a mover or something. I don't want to be a part of it. There was this 
friend of mine, he hurt his back. And, but one of the problems was he kept helping people. He kept doing things. And I said, you need to start saying no so you can rest or you're never going to get better. And he goes, yeah, I'm going to work on that. And immediately I said, Hey, can you help me move a, a couch this weekend? He's like, well, yeah, when are you going to do it? I go, no, you're supposed to say no to that. That was a question. test. You failed. <laughs> and I say the same I'm thing. I'm like, using I'll, this test. I'll give you money, but I do not want to help you move. Because <laughs> then I find out you live on the third floor and I don't want to have any part of that. And for those who are familiar with DISC, I don't know if you're familiar with DISC, Matt. Uh, if you're in the I quadrant or the S quadrant, you've got this deep seated need to please people. Mm-hmm. And it's because you, you believe in relationships and you'll do activities that strengthen relationships. Part of that, the double edged sword is that means we are saying yes, either, uh, because we want to be liked if we're in the I quadrant, uh, which stands for influencer, or we're saying yes because we want to preserve the harmony of the relationship. And we're afraid that by mm-hmm. saying no, we're cutting off the friendship. And, and, you know, for us, I'm an SI, so I'm like both. (laughs) And, uh, you know, it is a challenge for me to say no to people because you ask me something, I'm automatically planning. How do I pull off both? How do I take care of what I need to do this weekend? Huh? Can you help me move this weekend? Uh, What time? No kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I got to go. I got a thing. But do you feel that, um, if, if you feel that you always have to say yes and please the other person in a relationship, whether that's a friendship or, you know, whatever that is, it, it's a, it's a pretty weak relationship. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And and that's why it's important whenever you start a business and you're, and you're a little desperate in the sense that, you know, you want clients, you want to build that audience, you want to do things. You tend to want to say yes to everything because you think it'll bring more value to you. Yeah. But most of those requests, the answer is no, you shouldn't, you know, and, and I'm, I'm not exaggerating. We don't get thousands of people asking to be on the show, but when we do, my first question is, should we say yes? Not whether they have value or, or we really want somebody to interview, but, but will they bring value to our audience? We have to run it through that filter instead of just saying yes. And early on we were, it's like, Oh, somebody wants to be on the show. Let's take them. And we had a couple of interviews that were really not that good or that valuable because we just said yes mm-hmm. too quick. And, mm-hmm. and even with every business, you just, you want to please every customer that comes through the door or every client that calls. And like you said, they may send a quick message, but you got to think through it. Don't respond with yes really quick. Every past guest yeah. is now freaking out thinking, was that me? Was that me? Was yeah. I the guy who wasn't the fit for the show? What, what, no. <laughs> it, if, if we actually published it, then you were. So you're yes. good. <laughs> <laughs> and like you were saying with, uh, with Richard Branson, uh, 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 quite rather is, um, you know, we all have a cap and that cap is 24 hours. So if we say yes all the time, what we're trying to do is to use a credit card with our time. And if we say yes all the time, then we just accumulate this, uh, this pile of yeses. And somehow we have to offset that with more no's that might actually be bad no's because we have to say no to great opportunities or, you know, great moments that we actually can't accept just because we've already, we have committed that time using our time credit card in a way. Right. The moving analogy works for me because I'm getting a little older and I'm realizing if I help you move a couch, then that means on Sunday, I'm a little less energized. So I don't get things done around my house on Monday morning. I have to go see the chiropractor. I'm having to take some medicine and, and to get back to the things that I want to do. I've actually given you two or three days versus just a couple of hours. And, and when you put it in that perspective, you think, you know, I, I can't give you two or three days. Mm-hmm. I can help you find somebody that can give you an hour. One of the things that we talked about, uh, I believe before we started recording, I don't 
think we said this on here, but you figured out early on that everybody has a certain amount of minutes in their life and, and how you kind of budget those out into the things that matter to you. Yeah. So something I, I like to, to do is um, to look at the week as a whole. You know, most of us just look at, at the day and especially, you know, um, we wake up, maybe a, a check email first thing, then get out of bed and then go to the office. Or maybe other people uh, go to the office and then wait for something to give them the first task, whether it's a post-it note or uh, a list or someone else just, just walking up to their desk. And that's really thinking about the next hour or maybe the day as a whole. And And again, in that case, it's easy to say yes very easily because you're not thinking about the whole week in advance. But when you look at the big picture, you look at the week and maybe you even put some planning into your whole month and then I like to do quarterly as well. Um, then at that point, that's when you really realize what your uh, your allowance is and how you can use it um, to, to spend that time on things that really make a difference, whether it's more enjoyment, whether it's better relationships, whether it's something that makes a difference to grow your business or whether it's just uh, just taking time off to really recharge rather than uh, just um, just entertain yourself and try to to and trying to put off something that is not quite working in uh, in your life. And so I feel that I like, really looking at the big picture makes such a big difference. And it's a way of being honest with yourself, a way of being honest with the fact that you do have a limited amount of time, but you can do something about it. Right. I love that. I know one of the things that uh, that that you do with your blog is to help people with their time management and things like that. And this podcast has been great having you on. I know I know we shared some really good tips, but as, as we kind of wrap up, what are three things that maybe you would tell somebody if they're only going to follow these three things to see a a kind of a quick fix, an easy uh, way to get into this mode of time management. What what are three things that maybe you'd share with somebody? Yeah. Well, let's say the first thing is probably to look back, look at the past, maybe two, three, four weeks and, um, and look at how you spent your time. Because very often we don't know how we actually spend our time and we really misunderestimate that. We say, okay, I spend I don't know, two hours in front of the TV, but actually that was 10 hours. Um, and so if you look back and you're honest, maybe, you know, if you use your, your calendar, that could be a great source or otherwise you can look at your messages and see like who you spend time with. Um, and really look at that and create, you know, an honest, like a budget of how you spent your time so far. And then, you know, have a look at, see, you know, what really made a difference, what you actually enjoyed of that. And, um, and again, think about, the output rather than the the input and so i think that that's a great exercise it doesn't take long it doesn't take long and uh, it gives you such great insights that don't just come from uh, your intuition but they come from data they come from actual facts so know how you spend time rather than think about how you might spend time that would be step number one and then uh, um, step number two would be to find you know if there's something that you want to do if there's something that doesn't fit your 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 calendar it's uh it's likely because you're giving yourself the just uh, uh, the remainders of your day. You know, you give you're saying yes to everyone else, and then well, if I do have ten minutes at the end of the day, then I'll give that to myself. Whether that's for reading or spending time with my family or working on my side hustle, whatever that is, you know, very often we leave ourselves last. And so, what I would recommend is actually find a space both in your calendar and physically where you can actually give time to yourself. So sometimes there will be you know again a meeting with yourself in your calendar. And you could you could have that maybe in a coffee shop outside uh, the office. So you drive to the office a little bit earlier every day and, you know, you have half an hour with yourself and you, you can work on your side hustle or maybe uh, just read something is that if that's what you want to do. Or maybe you want to go to the gym, but make sure that you put yourself first, because 
like we were saying earlier, the more you the more you have, the more you invest in yourself, the more you have to give. And so a lot of people actually will benefit from that. It's not just about yourself. And then I would say the third point is um, what I what I already mentioned, which is to look at the week as a whole. And then once you master that, you know, maybe move a little bit a little bit further and look at the whole month, what you want to achieve in the month. But, you know, you don't have to be um, too precise. But, you know, the the main difference is just a shift in um, in your focus. Instead of looking at the next few hours and uh, that makes it so easy to say yes to the unimportant, just look at the big picture and really understand that you have a limited amount of time, but it is a lot of time and it's up to you how to use it. Oh, that's such good advice to you're, you're really equating time with money. You're budgeting your time just like you would your money. You wouldn't, you know, you throw three hours away on uh, Facebook, but you wouldn't throw a hundred dollars away, you know, yeah. but, th- it's but then the it's strange thing. how most people actually, you know, um, Do both. The, the amount of money they make is directly linked to the amount of time they spend at the office or with the clients or whatever that is. So the more money you spend on things you don't enjoy, it's actually the more time you spend on things you don't enjoy. So you, you spend more time at the office just to justify a way of, uh, of entertaining yourself because you don't enjoy, you know, maybe your time at the office. And so it's a, it's a negative loop in a way. Right. And so, but the thing is with, with money, there's no cap. You can make more money, but you can't create more time. So right. it, it makes sense that you would look at it as a finite amount and create some sort of a budget. I love that. Well, man, thanks for joining us, Matt. I know uh, people listening to this probably thinking, man, I bet those guys grew up together. They sound exactly the (laughs) same. But, you know, he's from East Manchester. I'm from East Texas. It's kind of the same thing. But, you know, (laughs) that's right. (laughs) (laughs) But it was great to meet you and to just have you on the show today. And if people want to reach out and kind of uh, learn more about you or get connected with you, what's the best way to do that? They can find me on Twitter at Matt Sandridi. Uh, they can find me um, on the on the internet <laughs> uh, at timesinonair.com. And uh, if they want to send me one action they want to take after listening to this podcast, they can reach me at matt at timesinonair.com and let me know. You know, Let me know and then I will follow up after a few weeks and see whether you actually did take that action or not. That's pretty cool. Build in some accountability there. Tell Matt yeah. you're going to do yes. it and, <laughs> and he'll check back with you and say, hey, did you actually follow through with this? And thank you so much for having me on the show. And thank you for listening to everyone that's tuned in. You bet. If you like everything you heard in this episode, be sure to check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 105. There you'll find links to Matt's Twitter account, his website, and any other resources we've gathered over the course of the uh, the weekend as we put this episode together for you. Now, The best way you can support our show, Beyond the Rut, is to share us with a friend, a family member, or that neighbor across the street. So if you know somebody who could definitely love to hear this episode, who would get a lot of benefit from it, send them the link and let them know why they need to listen to it. And if you want that added accountability, tell them to let you know after a week or two what they've done to pursue their own life, to pursue their life beyond the rut. So we love that you've joined us, and we want you to join us again next week. But we also want to hear from you. So feel free to shoot us an email at info at beyondtherut.com or leave us a voicemail at 361-596-3788. And with that said, we'll catch you on the next episode. In the meantime, go live life beyond the rut. Take care. As leaders, that's really important to just let the things go that uh, 
somebody else can do. Jerry's messing with my microphone. What are you doing? You had your mic off this whole time. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. I I can hear myself. You can now. Can you hear me better now? Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> Jerry's messing with the mic. I, I listen to myself talk all the time, so I'm just used to it. But I, I hear you better now. Okay, cool. That's why he kept turning me up, probably. Like, but why? Why is he so low? That's weird. And I'm like, that switches off. <laughs> you know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community. 